welcome to Graciously Grieving, Living Through the Pain, the podcast series where we talk about the grieving process and how to do it graciously. I'm your host, Ricky Cunningham, and my co-host, Morgan Horton. Hello, everybody. In today's episode, we will be discussing Chapter 3, It Is My Fault, from Grief's Deception by Debbie Jordan. Let's divide and conquer. Let's go. Okay, in this chapter, chapter three, we're discussing, it is my fault. And she opens up, she says, for some reason, regret comfortably walks hand in hand with guilt. Guilt tells me it's my fault. The one I love died. Mm -hmm. And then she lists some things of how we start off. We'll say, I didn't do enough. We should have sought medical help sooner. How could I have ignored the symptoms? They were right there in front of me. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should have pursued different treatment, better doctors. My son killed my loved one. God is punishing me. Mm. I'm a terrible person. I'm a horrible parent. I let my child down. And then the last one she says is my faith wasn't strong enough. There's many others I'm so sure. And she asks us, what can you add to this list? Uh, I feel like uh, one of the ones I say was I should have been there. Mm-hmm. I didn't do enough. Yeah. I didn't do enough. That one hits his heart. Yeah. Is this something? It is. It is. It, it really is. And then she goes on. She shares a, a story about how uh, Dennis has this uh, close family member who had lost her son in World War II. And she was so devastated from that loss that she suffered a nervous breakdown and was institutionalized for for treatment. And she's like, it was almost 50 years later when uh, Ryan had died. And one day she was visiting them. And David, uh, excuse me, Dennis had angrily shared his disappointment with God for not healing Ryan. She said to him, Be careful what you say because you have another child God could take. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's that's something. Um, It really messes with your mindset. Mm -hmm. Grief does. And the enemy. And we'll find out more about that later. But she said Dennis even retorted that if God was that cruel, he didn't want anything to do with that kind of God. In her eyes, Dennis was blaspheming God with his outbursts. And then she said it wasn't until months later, a few months later before she had died, that they understood how the lie, God is punishing me for my sin, tormented her. Her husband had been injured in World War I. He had suffered some uh, permanent damage to his lungs. They already had three kids. She was struggling, trying to take care of everybody, I'm so sure. Mm -hmm. And the responsibilities of everything and the financial needs that she uh, was faced with the unwelcome pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Well, secretly, she met with a family doctor and presented her dilemma. And from what they say in the book, it says, from what we know today, the family, this family member had an abortion. It remained a secret until the fear of going to hell over it consumed her. She confessed to someone she trusted, and we pray that she received the peace of God's forgiveness before dying. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. In her, and then book it says on page uh, 13, if you have the book uh, as well. It says, in her tormented mind, she was convinced her son had died because of her sin. It was her fault. That false heavy burden was too much for her to bear. Too much. Too much. That that was in the burden that she had to carry. Yes. God does not want us to carry such a heavy burden. He wants us to release it all to him. Now, Morgan is going to read a couple of verses uh, from the Bible for us. All right. Psalms 55, 22 says, Give your burdens to the Lord, and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. And then First Peter 5, 7 says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Mm-hmm. Now, I know some of y'all were probably thinking, oh, that psalm, that's from, that was a man after God's own heart, and that how David is Old Testament. But we serve the same God as uh, yesterday, today, and from evermore. And um, so Peter, he tells us the same thing in the uh, Old New Testament. Mm-hmm. So we can know that there is a ring of truth to that. So hold on to to hope. Surrender all your worries to God. He knows your pain. I'm going to give you two more verses to show you that God knows grief. And then we're going to move on. John 3 and 16. It says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son. So that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. The second verse comes later in that same Gospel of John in chapter 11. It's the shortest verse in the Bible, and it is, Jesus wept. Jesus shared in the pain with Martha and Mary over the death of Lazarus, even knowing that he was about to be raised from the dead, but he still cried. So God knows about grieving and how to grieve. When them tears want to come, let them tears roll, baby. Let them roll. He cried. He prayed. And he had people around him to share that grief. So do not isolate yourself either. We have to share that grief with people. That's what people, our friends and family are there for. They've lost someone too. So we can't just go off in isolation. Even though sometimes solitude is good prayer but don't, meditation mm-hmm. but don't get stuck there don't get stuck there that's it that is it so then she goes on to talk about uh guilt and uh guilt about what you did do and didn't do and it makes you feel such regret mm-hmm. and she asks this question and and we know that we shouldn't but we just do because we're trying to carry that burden of on our own. It made me think about how we carry such heavy loads. When I was in the military, my daughter knows all too well and, my, and her brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, when I would get ready for um, my underway period, we would have what, we, what I call the working party. The moving party. I would have a sea bag, and that sea bag was packed to the hilt. Mm-hmm. And I would put that on my back. And anybody that knows about an aircraft carrier, it's really big. And I worked on the O3 level. That's like penthouse level. Mm-hmm. So I would have to carry that heavy bag on my back. 
all them flights of stairs. And when I got to that O3 level and I dropped that heavy bag off my back, I felt like a new person. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing with our worries and our cares. If we just do that, give them all to God, he will make us feel lighter. Yes. We'll be able, we won't be so crippled and burdened down if we just give it all to him. But it says, why does guilt successfully maintain its grip over so many bereaved and wounded people when the biblical truth is that God's forgiveness is so freely offered? And then she shares, she asks that good question and she shares a good answer with mm -hmm. us. And she says that Jack um, Hayford, he wrote in his book, I'll Hold You in Heaven. From his book, he explains how that statement is. Um, it's so direct. He says, Jesus made the statement. He says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. And that's from John also. John chapter 10, verse 10. According to Christ, precisely what we are addressing in this work of the devil. Excuse me. What we are addressing is the work of the devil. Excuse me. A satanic thief of joy, Amen. a demonic killing of hope, and a hellish destruction of lives. Now, my pastor and I, we had a, did an interview for uh, my YouTube channel, and he touched on this a little bit. But if you get a chance, read on that interview where he explains uh, how the devil does work. Um, and that channel is called The Corner of Graciously Grieving. But the solution to us mastering over our arch opponents workings is in Jesus assuring words. He says, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Now you may not, she says, goes on to say, you may not feel as if you are living the abundant life Jesus describes right now. If you are honest, abundant life includes your loved one alive and healthy mm -hmm. the point jesus wants us to understand is that satan is the accuser mm -hmm. the thief the killer the destroyer of the abundant life that he died on the cross to give us satan wants us she goes on to say it not just uh, this book is just awesome if you can get it off of amazon satan wants us to remain riddled with guilt about the lies he planted in our heads he takes full advantage of our vulnerable grief stick stricken state and preys on our pain whispering his accusations in our ear turning our tattered emotions into shame it's time to put shame in its place Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. It is time for us to put shame in its place. Whether your guilt is justified or not, we need to know it is not yours to carry, she says. And that is so true. Remember them verses that we read from Psalm and from First Peter and from John. It is not ours to bear. Morgan is going to talk about what happens when we... Hold on to secrets, what she says about that. Now, there's a saying that we're as sick, sick as the secrets we keep. 
Secrets are hidden, held in the dark. Only when the secret is confessed, brought to light, does it lose power. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that because for so long I kept to myself that I was hurting from my grandpa's death. I felt it was my fault because I wasn't there. I carried that secret, that burden, and it ate me up to the core. Holding to secrets, I have learned that whether I'm right, wrong, or in between, if I promptly confess it to somebody, mm -hmm. I lose that burden. Mm -hmm. Not just somebody, also the God. God already knows. He just needs you to bring it to him mm -hmm. and be truthful about the situation. Yeah. It, like, God knows what we're going to do. He just needs to see how you're going to react and bring it to him because he's waiting for you at that door. Just open the door and give it to him. He's willing to pick it up for you like the Salvation Army. Give it to him. Yes. He don't care what it is. Just give it to him. Yes. And, it, and, it, and that's when she says, does grief tell you it's your fault, your mm -hmm. loved one died? God provides simple instructions for destroying guilt. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Amen. We have to open up our mouths. You got to. Yes, we have to speak it. And some secrets, we just need to take it to him. You, you mm -hmm. might not need to share it with the whole world, mm -hmm. but at least take it to him gotcha. to, to release that burden off of yourself. And she gives here um, how to break the agreement with the lie. It's my fault. She gives about seven or eight of them, I think it is. Mm -hmm. So we're going to read it's seven of them. She says, go to someone you trust, a friend, clergy, grief counselor, um, Follow the directions of James 5 and 16. Confess. Confess what you feel guilt or shame about to your deceased loved one. Mm -hmm. Go to the grave site. Get your uh, a pre uh, grief journal. Write mm -hmm. in it. But find a way to, to let it all out. Write out all the things you feel guilty about on paper. As you confess to Jesus what you're written, visualize laying all guilt and shame at the foot of the cross. Amen. Receive Christ's forgiveness. John, one of Jesus' devoted followers, offers good advice. If we admit our sins, simply come clean about them, he won't let us down. He'll be true to himself. He'll forgive our sins and purge us of all wrongdoing. And that's from 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. And that's the message translation. Mark through each guilt trip listed on your paper with a bold red pen or red sharpie to symbolize that the blood of Jesus now covers your guilt. Right. Write the date that you released it to him. And number seven, when the accuser, that shady devil, tries to guilt you, remind him of the date and that Jesus purged your guilt once and for all. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well, that's it for this time uh, going over the, the chapter. When we come back, we'll go over what uh, the workbook has to say. All right. In our workbook, we're going to talk about um, the section, if you have the book. We're going to start at page 14, and we're going to start with the, the truth. But before we get into that, I, I, we ended the last uh, segment with uh, putting shame in its place. And here she says, um, put shame in its place. Break up with it. Shame wants to close your eyes to the truth 
that God has a remedy to free you from it. And it gives a scripture from a verse from Isaiah chapter 61, verse 7. Instead of shame, you shall have double honor. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double everlasting joy shall be theirs joy is ours to have mm -hmm. it is and you know we do miss our loved ones no doubt about it every day we miss them but they would still just like jesus they would want us to live the best life that we possibly can so we have to unburden ourselves of the shame the guilt the regrets we have to release all of that um, because there are still people that's dependent on us. Yes. I've got so many kids and grandkids that are dependent on me, people at work. There are people that are depending on us, whether we know it or not. Unspoken people, probably, that are just sitting in the cut, just watching and admiring how we are holding it together. Even if it might be false, they still see that, and they're that's giving them, them hope. hope. Yes. So... Let's go on with the truth. And I mean, they break it down, honey. Let me read it. It says, if you struggle with feeling guilt for the death of your loved one, the shouldas, coulda, wouldas, David Kiesler shares the three C's with the grief groups that he leads. He says, you didn't cause it, mm -hmm. you couldn't control it, and you couldn't cure it. She says, pause. And we most definitely need to pause on that. And let that sink in. Let those three C's sink in. And as you ponder the truth above, let's explore a solution for the gnawing feelings of guilt. The Bible contains a fascinating story in the book of Ruth about the need for a kinsman redeemer. And I tell you, it's a short book. She says that in here. But Ruth is such a beautiful love story about God's love for us. If you read it, you'll see it and you'll feel it. How much he did to get us back. So read Ruth whenever you get a chance. By definition, Kingsman Redeemer was someone who redeemed what was lost. The Kingsman was, excuse me, Kinsman was a rescuer and restore and then she says uh in an article that uh hayes wrote to be a kingsman redeemer four requirements had to be met you had to be kin the only way you could be a kingsman redeemer was to be of the same family i'm not gonna spoil it but I think y'all know where we headed with this one here. Mm -hmm. You had to be willing, excuse me, willing. In the story, Ruth and Boaz's story, the next redeemer in line was not willing to follow through with the redemption. If a person was unwilling, they could not be forced to do it. Being willing is at the heart of what a kinsman redeemer is. That's key. Mm -hmm. willing you had to be able to redeem willingness alone was not enough to be a kinsman redeemer you had to be able to follow through with the redemption 
If you did not have the financial means to make the redemption, then you could not be the redeemer. It did not matter how good your intentions were. You had to pay the price in full. There was no such thing as partial redemption. And it sure was no such thing as paying for back mm -hmm. then. It was all or nothing. And to be set free from guilt and shame, we need a kinsman redeemer. One who is kin, is willing, able to redeem, and able to pay the price in full. Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. Mm -hmm. He became our kin by coming to earth to meet us at our lowest. So there's nothing that we can hide from him. There's nothing that we can do that he would turn his back on us for. Mm -hmm. He loves us. He knew we were flawed and fragile. Mm -hmm. But he also knew that, that there was a great need for us to be redeemed. And so he put aside all of his heavenliness, his divineness to come down Take on our sins. Take on our burdens. That's why I say when we feel in that guilt, the regret, and the shame from the grief, give it to him. Mm -hmm. He's waiting, open arms, and he's going to catch it. And he's going to throw it away, and he's going to carry that burden for us. He covers us with his cloak and his blood. And here it is, taking our shame, guilt, Regret upon himself. I got ahead of myself. But y'all already knew where it was headed when I told you that Jesus is our kinsman mm -hmm. and our redeemer. Morgan, you have anything to say before we get ready to close out? I just want to say that burden is not yours to carry. Don't be ashamed to give it to God. Bring it to a family mm -hmm. member. Don't hold that secret. Don't let that secret eat you alive because that is what the devil is waiting for. Is for you to be weak, vulnerable, and be able to allow him to get in your mind. Mm -hmm. So when you feel like you doubting yourself that you're carrying that guilt and shame, go to God. Go to your pastor. Go to your friend. Go to your family. Go to somebody. Because God is waiting for you. He already knows what's going on. He's just waiting for you to have that willingness to bring it to him. Mm -hmm. So don't hold that. Don't do that to yourself. That is not your burden to carry. No. No. All right. Well, my gracious gems, that is our time for this episode. Morgan and I want to thank you for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next week when we will be discussing Chapter 4 of the book. Um, the lie we're going to discuss next week is, I will never survive this. Mm -hmm. That's one of the biggest, that's a big one. That's one of the big ones of grief deception, overcoming the 12 lies whispered to a broken heart. So if you can, again, I, I encourage you to buy the book and the workbook from Amazon or your local bookstore. And then we can work through it together. And I would love to hear from you. I promise you if, you, if you text me, I will respond. Our number is 903-483-4994. Or email us at graciouslygrievinglttp at gmail.com with your thoughts and comments. Or you can visit us on Facebook, Graciously Grieving, Living Through the Pain. We have our blog, www.graciouslygrieving.blog. And now we have a YouTube channel. 
the right. corner of graciously grieving. Amen. Look, we trying to we trying to help, and, and it's helping us as well. Okay. Um, so, don't ever be ashamed to 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 share, because that's where the healing lies in when we share. We say that closed mouths can't get fed, but closed mouths can't feed either. We can help each other through this pain. If we just open up and share. Amen. So reach out to us. We're anxiously awaiting. I'm Ricky Cunningham. And I'm Morgan Horton. Saying thank you for listening. Until next time. Bye bye. Bye. Listen I forgot to do the prayer. So we're going to do the prayer. Because I think prayer is important. God wants to hear from us. So we're going to let him hear from us. Father, thank you for sending Jesus to be our kinsman redeemer. Today, we choose to confess our guilt and shame of the mistakes we've made related to our loved one. What we did was bad and what we did was wrong. And we thank you for forgiving us completely. We confess to you the things we've written in the above steps. We lay each thing we feel guilty for give you all the shame we feel and lay it at the foot of the cross we receive your forgiveness thank you for forgiving us and setting us free we accept your truth that says we are free from all condemnation guilt and shame amen amen